Hello and welcome to Illy's Coffee Talks. Season 3 is going to be about all my favorite topics including slow living, inner work, entrepreneurship, creativity, spirituality, slow traveling and health. I am Ophélie Cabanero, your host. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, Ella. How are you? Good morning. Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, Ella, you are originally from New Zealand and you speak perfect German or Swiss German even because you've been living in Switzerland for a while now. You're based in Luzern and you are a coach. Would you like to tell us more? Yeah, so hi everyone, or kia ora, as we would say in New Zealand. Um, really lovely to be here today. Uh, yeah, so my story brought me all the way from New Zealand via South America, where I met my now husband, <laughs> great to story. being in Switzerland. Yeah, quite an international love story is what brought me here originally. And I've been here for just over seven years in total. And um, Switzerland has really become my second home. Uh, which is a really beautiful thing to be able to say uh, at this point. Um, yeah, so I have a background in, I think my red thread would be education and entrepreneurship. So I have a background in workshop facilitation, program management, working really closely with entrepreneurs who care about impact. So through business, uh, making an impact on people, prosperity or the planet, And um, in the past, that's been as a program manager and a workshop trainer. And now as my career develops and I develop, uh, I've been focusing more and more on coaching as a way of supporting people, both with the inner work as well as uh, getting their business up and running, sustainable, um, while enjoying the process as well. So I would say that's really important to me is really supporting the person behind the business as well as the business itself. And so I feel like coaching together with my background and training um, has really led to a beautiful synergy, I would say, between business mindset and a bit of uh, leadership as well. So I think that's the amalgamation that I'm at now. It's always evolving with me, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like you know too, I'm sure. Um, but right now my focus is very much on individual and team coaching. Yeah, thank you for sharing. We will talk about how things evolve all the time in a bit or, yeah, let's, let's keep it for later. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been wanting to ask you to do this podcast for a while, but there is a post that really spoke to me and I thought, oh, yeah, we could talk about this on Ellie's Coffee Talks. And this was about emotions and I'm looking for it and I cannot find it. <laughs> This is the But, post with me strolling along a New Zealand beach, I think. Uh -huh, yeah. Looking very contemplative. Yeah. <laughs> <A> beautiful <laughs> picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was during my time living in New Zealand. So I was back for two years and mm -hmm. I just got back in March this year. And this photo still really I'm I'm wearing the same shirt right now mm, um yeah <laughs> so that's interesting uh, my hair's a little darker but my spirit I would say is still very much the same 
than in New Zealand. Yeah, so I'm close to the water. I've got no shoes on. I'm barefoot, mm -hmm. uh, holding a hat. Like there's a bit of lightness and freedom yeah. there that I really felt in New Zealand. That was in my home country again for the first time in over seven years. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a really that's what this picture kind of says to me. So it's interesting that I have this beautiful picture of lightness and freedom, and I'm talking about something quite heavy. <laughs> talking about emotions like you yeah. brought up yeah so would you like to share a little bit more about that yeah sure so I think so what I started with so this is a post on Instagram um, in the past six months I've experienced some ecstatic wins and some truly humbling lows both personally and professionally <laughs> that's how I start and I, I say a little bit more about that um Yeah, I would say at the point of my evolution right now, personally and professionally, I've been having to deal with a lot of really interesting emotions that I haven't really experienced um, before or certainly not in the same combination. Uh, things like grief, love. Um, I mean, there's always love, um, but together with grief is an interesting combo. Together with joy, uh, frustration, impatience, Um, restlessness you know there's been all sorts in the last six months mm. and so I, I guess that's what I'm alluding to is I've been feeling quite emotionally stretched mm -hmm. in different ways and different aspects of my life and that's one of the things I was speaking to that I think caught your attention <laughs> yes yes very much but also I think you say that you you found a way to, to deal with those emotions, to stay with them. Mm. So yeah. how do you, is that correct? First of all, do I say this properly? Mm. Do you, would you use other words? No, I, I feel like that's definitely, definitely in the right direction. Um, I've learned a huge amount about human emotions, how they show up physically in our bodies, purely from a scientific perspective, what that even looks like. Mm -hmm. Because we often feel like it's very much in our heads mm -hmm. and emotions happen in our body. Mm -hmm. And so I've been learning a lot about that. And through learning and being curious, I've learned a lot about accepting and allowing emotions when they do show up um, to give them space. Um, and a lot of people talk about this. This is becoming more and more widespread and I'm really happy Um, there's some wonderful, wonderful research out there that underpins this. Um, and so in practice, when an emotion shows up, something that's uh, maybe previously been defined as negative or difficult, for example, fear, anger, shame, self-doubt is a big one in the world of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. We maybe have been used to or have protected ourselves by avoiding or deflecting said emotions putting them in a box, be like, I can't, I don't have time. I can't deal with that right now. Or I don't have the space for that right now. Um, and so instead of that, which I have done or had done most of my life, um, and to be honest, didn't work for me, um, is being like, okay, this emotion, for example, grief is showing up in my life right now. It's heavy and it's hard. I'm going to give it space. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to feel it. And the more I learn to do that, and there are tools that you can use to do this because there are tools to access your heart and your body, right? 
um, the more I do this, the quicker the emotion dissipates. It doesn't disappear completely, but it's no longer as hot and heavy as when I used to try and deflect it or push it away. So that means I will feel emotions in, in any given day and they will color my day, but they will not completely overshadow it like they used to. Um, when I needed to cry for an hour over something that upset me, now I need five or 10 minutes mm. and then I'm okay. And so, and that for me is huge because I'm quite an emotional person. Uh, I cry when I'm upset. And what I say to people close to me is like, look, I need to cry right now. Are you okay to sit with me? I'm okay. Are you okay? And um, that's something that my husband has learned to do with Amazing. me. Mm -hmm. And it's the best thing. I think it's one of the best things that we've learned to do together um, in our relationship. So, gosh, there's so much to say about this topic. Yeah. And we can stay with it. I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah. interested. And in, I was in mm. a podcast in French a few months ago, and it was with a, with a day dancer. And mm. he said that she moves the the emotion kind of you know mm. in her body by dancing so I was wondering what kind of tools you had to mm. sit with the emotion or make it travel or what do you do exactly mm. yeah that's beautiful if you follow any of the work by Dr. Emily and Amelia Nikoski the Nikoski sisters um, they also have a podcast on burnout and emotions and that's where I really started to learn a lot about it. Um, movement is one of the key ways to do this is to feel an emotion and move the energy through your body. Um, that alludes to the idea that in, uh, emotions are energy in motion. Mm -hmm. um, so like your friend dancing is a wonderful way. Um, I sometimes do that, put music on, dance in the kitchen, but that's often when I'm feeling really joyful, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm feeling really heavy, Mm -hmm. uh, I find yoga really helpful. I find deep breaths incredibly helpful. Um, connecting with my breath has been another journey over the last few years. I used to have really shallow breathing and I used to have anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I want to feel more in the moment and I want to be more present. And my breath was like really, really shallow. And I didn't see the connection. Mm. Um, now I take deep breaths. Um, constantly throughout the day. No one sees it, you know, three deep breaths. Only I can see that. Um, and I often need to set loving boundaries in, in terms of I just need space right now and I'm going to go for a walk or I can't talk about this anymore. That's a conversation. Mm -hmm. Can we set a loving boundary and come back to this topic later? Because it's really, it's really um, not working for me right now. Um, There do are lots of do that with, with friends as well or just your partner? Um, I've had to do that. So in the last six months, I've had to do that, I think, in three ways. With myself, um, it's very easy to feed negative stories, your, your own stories. And I have, sometimes I have to put a boundary with myself and be like, Ella, that's enough. You don't need to think about this or go down the negative rabbit hole. Yeah. Let's, change, let's change the scene. Um, so I have to do it with myself because it's so easy to feed that monkey brain mm -hmm. uh, with my husband. Um, usually I'm the instigator of a difficult conversation, but sometimes either of us will take it too far. So we have to set a loving boundary. Um, and with my parents as well, um, with my family, I've had to set some loving boundaries in the past six months. 
Um, maybe we'll come to that topic later. But, uh, yeah, so I've had to do it with family. And as we know, with family is one of the hardest uh, yeah. things to do. And that's where we feel most triggered. So I felt it on all of those different levels, okay. I would say. Amazing. I mean, because it, it also takes, or would you agree that it takes some kind of courage to to do the, to say these words to someone or even to yourself maybe yeah it does it takes a lot of courage takes a lot of love and that i find that helps um, when you come from a place of love instead of a place of hurt or defensiveness um, it feels easier to convey a message that might be difficult for someone else to hear um, and even if not even if they still don't like what you're saying you've delivered that message with love and what else can you hope to do so what do you react the reaction's not on you yeah what do you how can you come from a place of love hmm. um gosh such a good question um it has to start with yourself so if you're cultivating self-love self-acceptance reassurance validation all of the things that we look for or have taught maybe we've learned as children to look for those things outside of ourselves, reassurance, validation, love. Those are all the things that our inner child requires. Um, when we realize that we have to give those things to ourselves first before, you know, anything else can happen. Um, you know, the more, the more you do that, the easier it becomes. And so it starts with you. And I mean, many, many people from many different strains of healing wisdom teaching will, will say something similar so I've had to learn a lot of that giving myself what I need first and 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 then going into uh difficult conversations potentially with an open mind and an open heart um but yeah but also strong boundaries when they need to when they need to be I'm editing that chapter this week, saying no mm -hmm. and setting boundaries. <laughs> and it's oh, good. It's such a big, it's taking me so long because it's so vast, right? It's, it's this, it's what you just said, uh, knowing that exactly once you deliver the message, if you don't do it with an intention, I'm going to hurt the other person, right? If you do it from this place of love. But even if you don't know, Uh, yet what this place of love is you can go with an intention for example first maybe mm -hmm. and then if you're not purposefully saying hey whatever yeah mm -hmm. no i'm not gonna come to this or no i'm not gonna whatever setting boundaries mm -hmm. and say no um then you yeah you cannot really take responsibility for the reaction of the person mm -hmm. and also You, it might even be a good thing for the person to set boundaries because maybe it will open up something else for the person. For example, if you are setting boundaries with a friend uh, in, in terms of the amount of time you spend with them or whatever, uh, maybe they're going to meet someone else because you just open some more time for them to, to meet somebody else or do something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. It's such a huge topic and it's something that so many people come to, people like you and I, I think, looking for answers. How can I build boundaries? How can I set boundaries? 
Um, uh, it's constantly coming up in my work as well and, and yeah, for myself. Um, and what you said about setting an intention going into a difficult conversation or something where you feel like you're going to become emotionally reactive, you're so right. And a good example of that is I had a difficult conversation with my parents. Um, it was about our decision to return to Switzerland after two years in New Zealand. It was a decision that hurt my parents' feelings. Um, and so we did go into a conversation and I actually, I was, I was so scared because it was little Ella showing up to her parents and having to talk about big adult things that were scary mm-hmm. um, and trying to hold herself together while feeling all of these emotions. And so we, I set an intention and I, that's the first thing I started with is like, look, my intention for us here or for me is that we come into this from a place of love and that we clarify what's going on and what we're each needing um, and being curious about that. And I feel like, and it was so beautiful because it really set the tone for the conversation. And yes, it got difficult, but I feel like we were both coming from the same place. Mm. And so being able to do that with my parents was a beautiful thing. And I feel like it was great for us and our relationship. And one more thing you said is, setting boundaries with friends. I have a friend who's really good at this. Um, she will text me and be like, hey, Ella, do you want to meet for dinner? Um, just so that you know, I need to be gone by nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's no expectation that we're still together uh, at 11 p.m. and she yeah. has an early day, you know, and I'm, she's so good with her time. And I really respect her for that. I, I, I tell her this. I'm like, I love that you tell me because then I can also plan something else. Yeah. Uh, so you can do it with friends too and it's quite a quite a cool thing to see your other friends do it and I used to exactly with that example I when this was 10 years ago when I started yoga and I wanted to I don't know I was drawn towards a healthier lifestyle and I like to go to bed I always like to go to bed early but I it was really starting to show in my social life and I was I would be at friends at a friend's place and with other people and then at 11 I'd be like okay I'm gonna go now and then of course they go no stay and I'm like damn it and and then I would stay another I don't know half hour or one hour and and nothing and nothing good would come I mean it would how can I say (laughs) without getting too emotional it's not necessarily good for you or for them because you're like in this mood of i want to go you're not it's not a a service for either of you and so Mm. now i got really good at it like okay i have a train i'm going bye (laughs) and it's not i'm not asking for permission i think that's a Mm -hmm. or yeah permission or recognition or whatever and it's yeah, or, or for someone else to like you because you're yeah. staying longer. Um, yeah. yeah, I found that, I don't know, how do you find that in the last few years? I guess as we all mature, um, yeah. all of my friends are kind of on board with this. We all like our early nights yeah. <laughs> more, more than not. Because um, I remember in my early 20s saying exactly those words, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go now, it's 10 yeah. p.m. <laughs> to my friends to be like, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not any fun or come on, Ella, like, let's go until 2 a.m. or whatever. And then, yeah, you'd feel like shit because you yeah. 
you didn't you, listen to what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you betrayed a, a need you had. Like that yeah. sounds very big, but and that's something interesting with boundaries is the more that you betray yourself in very small ways, you're just punching holes in the balloon, yeah. and eventually it's just you're going to deflate and yeah. you're going to you're going <laughs> to just be flat and yeah. sad and potentially burnt out. Um, and and maybe then you don't know what you want anymore because you've been listening to all those other people and yeah uh, yeah so you've got to build build your own sense of self back up and part of that is um is honor setting setting intentions for yourself and honoring them yeah like my intention is going to this part i'm going to have a great time but i'm also going to leave for this particular train yeah. and i'm going to feel great about it and i'm going to have a good night's sleep afterwards yeah um Yeah, I mean that's possible too. And and then the more we do that, the more we practice things like this. That's a small example. Uh, the easier it becomes, and people notice when you do this too, and they actually respect you for it as well. Yes, and it's it empowers them to do the same because mm -hmm. maybe they want to do the same. Maybe at work, you know, they want to say mm -hmm. or set boundaries at work, and it's hard. And once mm -hmm. they see you doing this, they're like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and setting boundaries at work is another big thing, isn't it? Yeah. How, how have you How have you found that? I never really had a problem with that. I think um, I think it was more in my relationships, mm -hmm. uh, partner and friends. But I, I'm learning it, and and now it's much better. Also, COVID made everything much better. I feel on this level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how do you do it? How do you deal with it at work? Yeah, yeah. I think interesting um, boundaries I've had to set more have been more work-related, um, especially as I work. Um, the way that I work is that I'm often doing a lot on my own for Bravely Coaching, so have my own coaching clients, my own mandates, but I also work in partnership with other organizations um, And we have other understandings and projects that we do together. But I'm usually very uh, upfront about the time I have and the time I don't have mm -hmm. when I'm not available. And you can always do it with a bit of humor, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I think I got to practice that during the COVID pandemic when I was working part-time with a really cool impact organization. Um, they knew, and I was probably the most strict about this in the team, like they knew that I was available like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, But in between, you're probably not going to hear from me, mm -hmm. and and that's okay. Yeah. And um and I had to I had to practice that too because sometimes yeah. you see an email and you're like, oh, I should answer now because it came in now, and I'm like, no, yeah. nothing is burning. Um, this might be urgent for them. It's not urgent for you or for the project, Ella. You can answer tomorrow. So, <laughs> again boundaries with self especially yeah. with answering emails and checking yeah. dms on instagram oh my gosh that's something that i'm still working on <laughs> instagram definitely yeah mm. and i don't well sometimes i delete it and then i that's how i deal with it <laughs> you know i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna go on there but yeah i i haven't I try to go on it later during the day you know as late as possible in the morning mm. and then get off well actually not these days to be honest so sometimes yes sometimes. that's yeah. somewhere where I can definitely be more disciplined if I'm honest like Instagram because it's it's basically whatsapp together with 
you know, a content creating tool. So you're on there. Of course, they want you to be on there a lot yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as creators, as business owners. Um, and it, then it becomes a way to directly talk with clients. Um, gosh, it has, it's such a clever tool. It has such a deep like hook in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's something that here and there I have to remind myself as well. Like, Ali, you don't need mm-hmm. to be checking your Instagram at 11 at night. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and I'm just upfront, like, I do this. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, damn it, it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> With love and kindness. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's the thing. Like, don't hate on myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, again, always a practice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Instagram. So we can either stay on the Instagram topic or, <laughs> or yeah, we can stay there maybe and we can come back to, maybe I'll, I'll come back to, the two other topics a bit a bit later mm-hmm. so yeah how how do you find it as an entrepreneur to navigate this world the, mm-hmm. the, how do you what do you think of all these things we see like all the glitter and all the mm-hmm. let's make pay a month what you're not there already what are you doing mm-hmm. take my program <laughs> that cost a billion dollars you know <laughs> what do you think about that oh man um I've been on Instagram for about as long as I've had the business so about two and a half years and at first I was very resistant mm-hmm. to getting on there I was generation Facebook I was like it's too perfect it's too pretty and shiny mm-hmm. that doesn't really align with my my goals of being authentic and messy and just showing up and I'm like ah oh. and I realized that that was creating a mental block for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because um go if you can go in with a great intention for yourself and for your business like look I want to use this channel as it suits me I want to feel inspired when I use it looking at other people's content that mm-hmm. inspires me I'm educated and um, and I feel engaged. And likewise, if I can create content that inspires, engages, and educates others, then Instagram is a really wonderful tool for that. And um, without prescribing to the perfect highlight reel, I still don't. And I still, I think with more time and practice, I'm learning to become more, let me say, raw um and vulnerable on this platform and interestingly enough that's when people react the most yeah yeah they react to people's uh emotions to being real their stories and instagram is a wonderful channel to share these stories um i feel like it's such a balance that you can get so much out of it but the moment that it's draining your energy is the moment you need to put the phone the phone down yeah if it's giving you energy, it's giving you joy, it's fun, and it makes sense for your business, depending on who you're trying to reach, then cool. Um, but I know lots of successful small business owners who don't use Instagram. They're purely on LinkedIn or they have a really amazing newsletter or blog or like you, a podcast. So that's the other thing is like if you're not on Instagram, you're not dead to the world. There are so mm-hmm. many amazing channels that exist. Mm-hmm. Um so I have a mixed relationship with Instagram. It's more positive than negative, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. My other preferred channel is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I love the conversations that go on there. It's a bit more 
more about professional, but also like you, your this space for personal stories as well. Um, mm-hmm. But there's less a focus on uh, just showing up and entertaining people, which Instagram is becoming more. It's more an entertainment yeah. platform slowly. Yeah. Now with the dances, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done. I haven't done any dancing. I Me dance neither. right, but I don't know if I need to film it and show you that. <laughs> I don't know if you want to see that. Um, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> I, I want to see it but yeah <laughs> yeah so um I mean you know each to their own right but you also mentioned something about there's very powerful psychology in the um accessing people's scarcity mindsets like mm. if you're not making 10 grand in this month you need to be taking this this program mm-hmm. or read my ebook um mm-hmm. there's a lot of that and I don't know how you experience this, but as a business owner, I receive DMs on the constant, like, build your following to 10,000 followers <laughs> by, by subscribing to our program or um, wear this sponsored necklace and you will reach more people. It's like, this all feels very inauthentic and fake to me. I mean, to be honest, they're mostly all bots. That's mm. something about Instagram that I do mm. not enjoy. I'm, I just ignore these messages. Yep. Um, but then the other thing is, and I would say this is very relevant for entrepreneurs in their first one to five years, especially if they're new to entrepreneurship and building their self-confidence on that journey, is um, be very be very kind to yourself because you're at chapter one, two, and three of your journey. You probably have a long and beautiful journey ahead of yourself. Gosh, you're just starting. Um, be careful when you start to compare yourself to people on their chapters 20 and 40, mm-hmm. writing books. They have um, best-selling podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, they have huge followings. They're making raking in a lot of money, or at least they tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, be careful of be careful of that, and just mm-hmm. notice when your brain is going there. And again, if that is draining your energy, uh, just like I said before, put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Like, go and spend your energy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Is all I can say. And do you work with entrepreneurs, your clients? Are they starting a business? Yeah, so I actually um, uh, did a bit of um, evaluation, such a sexy word, but it's important as a business owner to just be like, okay, um, who am I working with? What have Mm -hmm. we been working on? Um, What do I want to continue working Mm -hmm. on? And so I I actually tallied the numbers and over 70% of my clients both um, individual and team are, are entrepreneurs and I would say most of them are in the first one to five years of their business journey <clears throat> um, beautifully and this is not on purpose necessarily um, 70% of those are also women so we're talking about women in business um, and that makes me incredibly happy when I saw that number and my heart just you know pounded at the same time I find it really important to do the work that I'm doing with men um, so that they be can be our allies in the workforce um, and generally in our relationships. Um, and they they have a lot of emotional work to do too. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have a man, I'm always, I'm, I'm their cheerleader. I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here to do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, to your original question, I work predominantly with entrepreneurs, business owners, um, throughout the world uh, because I'm from New Zealand. A lot of my clients are in New Zealand. They still are because most of my coaching is online. Um, But I have more and more clients in Switzerland. 
uh, have a couple in the US. Um, yeah, and interestingly, I'm going to start coaching more in German because I live here. Congratulations. And I, can German. I know this, this is, a, this is a, another stretch for me. Um, I've been working in German for the last five years, but I've never publicly announced like, hey, you can also work with me as your coach in German or potentially in the future Swiss German. Um, it's a big stretch for me. It's a potential for me to grow. Uh, and gosh, if, if, you know, coaching is a language in its own, like if I can bring that to more people mm-hmm. and, and German speaking entrepreneurs here, then, oh my goodness, that's, that's a dream. Yeah. Good for you. And for the future clients, because I feel like I cannot even do coaching properly in my own language. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's it's, not true. Uh, yeah. It's true. I'm like, Uh, I start a sentence in French and then I'm like, your highest self. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how to Oh, I know. There are yeah. some words, some words that are just beautiful in English. And yeah. I just translated my website. And some things translate really well into German and other things I'm like, I'm going to have to completely rewrite this copy. Yeah. It, yeah. it just doesn't land. So yeah, yeah. So that's um that's been a challenge, but yeah. it's something I enjoy. I love languages. Um, so yeah, that's the next stage, I suppose, in my business journey here is opening up my doors publicly to the German speaking population, making it more readily available. Um, but I'm still sitting in the space between entrepreneurship, you know, inner work leadership. Mm-hmm. And in future, I see my future being more in working in teams themselves. So doing that work individually yes but also on the team level on the organizational level because there is a huge amount of potential there there's a lot of amazing work being done but that's also where a lot of the conflict and tension comes up to mm-hmm. and that ex- I mean it sounds a bit weird but it's what I really enjoy is getting <laughs> into those really really sticky nitty gritty topics um like conflict and mm-hmm. delegation negotiation um emotions at work mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah um, because it's I, because we're human and it's and we're full of emotions and and we bring mm-hmm. them to work it's normal and but yeah. the, but somehow the workplace is not a place to deal with those emotions sometimes they bring me- mediators and people like that but mm-hmm. or case management you know companies have case management and and i used to think oh yeah maybe i could do that but really mm-hmm. yeah It, it needs to evolve a little bit more, I feel. Mm. But sorry. So you like, so what, what's your vision? Do you, or maybe there's something you do already. Do you do workshops where people feel their emotions or how does it look mm. like? Mm. So currently most of my work is at the individual level and um what will often happen is someone will come with a challenge or a wish. Um, they want something to change for a po- in a positive way in their lives. And they won't say it, but through speaking, it's very clear that there's a really heavy emotion in the background that is like the elephant in the room that they don't want to talk about because they're probably going to become emotional. Yeah, yeah. And so the first thing I can do is to give that safety, that space, that permission, or rather 
um, allow for them to feel like it's okay to feel these feelings. In fact, it's great that you feel them. Let's bring it up. Let's talk about it in a subjective way, or rather an objective way is the better word, because there are ways to do that without identifying with the emotion itself. It's pulling it out of you, looking at it objectively and be like, what is this here for? What is this grief here for? What is this shame, this self-doubt here for? What does it have to teach me? What's its purpose? And working through it in this way. Um, and I've seen amazing changes in the way my clients have been thinking and feeling and the way they talk about it, their emotions through doing this work. Um, and so that's been more at the individual level. And I haven't gone there in workshops. However, I really feel like that could be a potential direction in future. Um, but certainly bringing up these topics in a group space is very possible. It's possible to create a safe space for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the, the work I do uh, some, uh, now on Thursday. With, I have a few different coaches, but with one mm -hmm. of them, yeah, we do this thing, but it's a it's a kind of a therapy session, right? You come there and you talk about all your stuff and then you get emotional and you send mm -hmm. different energies, whatever. But would you, could you imagine that in a, in a company setting, like doing mm -hmm. this in the, yeah, in a company mm -hmm. with your colleagues, you know, to understand, mm -hmm. okay, like what's actually happening? Why is she mm -hmm. always mean to me? <laughs> Mm. yeah there's absolutely absolutely scope for that and um I think in a team scenario it would be really important to lay a foundation of trust and psychological safety first um to really ground into what are their values um what values are they honoring in this role or in this organization as individuals and that kind of lays the foundation and also boundaries for each other And then through doing that work, you're in a good space to then talk about other things that can become emotional, um, such as conflict um, or feeling like you're not valued at work and actually being able to say that in a constructive way, working through emotions. I mean, one really great way to bring emotions in that topic to companies or to very logical thinkers, because I also work with a lot of logical thinkers and feeling into their emotions is new to them, is really offering it in a very scientific way, like, look, emotions are natural physiological experiences in our bodies. You know, this is, this is something that happens to everybody. They have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's when we don't feel into them and we don't move through them that we get stuck in the middle, and that's when it gets hard. So you can also, for the logical thinkers, the engineers, for example, uh, the bankers, the IT guys and mm -hmm. girls, um, you know, bring it in in a way that they understand. Yeah. Talk about the physio physiology, talk about the science. And then they're like, oh, okay, mm. that happens to me too. Oh, mm. I now I understand. <laughs> and they're starting to develop their language for speaking about emotions. Um, so in coming into groups, it would be important to know, okay, how emotionally intelligent is this person, is this group? Um, how might I bring in this topic in a way that, resonates with them mm -hmm. so that they don't feel less than because that's the worst thing you can do is make a group feel like they don't know enough therefore you know um 
So, and that's the that's the beautiful role of a coach, or in this in this situation, a facilitator is to uh, get a feeling for the group and to and to build trust there within the group, but with yourself as well, and then being able to step into the 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 real work. And I feel yeah. like that's a facilitator's role, yeah. um, and something that I want to do more and more of in the future. So there are two things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Gabor Mate's work? Gabor Mate? I don't think so. Yeah. You're going to have to tell me about that. The, he's a doctor and he's, he's done research. And he, I mean, he has had patients over like he's 70 something now. So mm -hmm. he's been doing this work for a while, mm -hmm. just seeing patients. And then he started to see, to, to really ask how are you feeling and what's your life situation and how, yeah, all these questions that usually medical doctors don't ask you. They, mm -hmm. you come, you go see them, it hurts at the tr throat or wherever they give you medicine or mm -hmm. prescription to see another doctor, another specialist, and mm -hmm. then um, mm -hmm. that's it. And so he started really talking to his patients and, And then he started to do research on uh, why, why would, what's the pattern with people who get cancer or any, anything. And then they, he noticed that there are a few different um, uh, reasons. And one of them, for example, is not being able to say no and set boundaries because then, or, or not, yeah, and not able to speak up, speak your truth all these different reasons because they create, I guess, stuck emotions in your body because you're not, you're always pressing it down mm. and then it stores in the body. And he can also explain it scientifically, but mm. Um, mm -hmm. it makes me think of this work, what you just said, what that you can explain it in a scientific way. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's now so much, um, just like the doctor that you're speaking of, there's so much research now to back this up as emotions that we do not work through or trauma. Trauma, yeah. It, it is saved. If we think of our yeah. bodies as a hard drive, it is saved yeah. within ourselves. And there are ways, there are lots of really beautiful, interesting ways to bring it out, work through it and release it or It's not always about letting go. I think a lot of people, a lot of people come to me like, I want to let go of this feeling mm. of anger. Mm. I want to let go of this that's not Pain serving me. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I want to let go. I don't as in I don't want it go away. Yeah. And um, there's like another that. reframe here. <laughs> there's a reframe is okay, this anger, this emotion is a part of you. What can you learn from it? How can you reconcile this part of you that is scary, maybe, um, but is still a part of you, you know? And I feel like that's permission to be like, wow, there are so many different parts to me that make me whole. Yeah. I don't need to let go of anything in particular. I'm just reconciling all of these different colors and, you know, images and memories and emotions like, And, and I feel, feel like that's really freeing. But like, yeah. I don't have to get rid of my anger. Yeah. I have to sit in it, feel it, validate it, 
and it becomes a part of me. It was trying to teach me something. Yeah. And I feel like that's really empowering when we talk about emotional work. Totally. And I experienced it a few weeks ago or and last week. Um, and I'm also the kind of person who wants to get rid of everything, you know, like, yeah, let's, okay, let's get rid of it so I can move forward quicker, you know. <laughs> but I did breath work with a friend and I did also, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's a kind of therapy where you, you, you ask, for me, it was a pain in my body mm. okay what is it and you talk to that pain and you imagine that it's or you the 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 therapist asks you what is it and then something in your brain says it's an animal or it's a monster mm. or it's whatever mm. and then you talk mm. to this thing and it tells you why it's there and often it's mm. there because to protect you or something you know mm. and mm. and so you cannot get rid of it actually it's not gonna work because it's there mm. to protect you you know mm. and so I was like okay and actually I had something at the back of my heart and something in my right hip and we did this work and I was like okay it's here to protect me okay you know like <laughs> whatever damn <it>. yeah damn it <laughs> but a few days later it went away and wow. it's and it's been there for years you know and, yeah and then wow. it went away so yes by accepting totally it mm-hmm. it goes away accepting it uh yeah validating it reconciling it and i think it's what what you're speaking of sounds a very sounds very much like narrative therapy and that's one of the methodologies that i use that's understanding the purpose, having a having a conversation in a way, which is actually a really creative and playful way to do it. Um, it's amazing what comes up sometimes. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And isn't it isn't it cool to do that work? Like yeah, it's super there are cool. so many creative, interesting ways to tap into that. And narrative therapy is one of those. There are so many. Um, but like you said, like this was a pain or maybe it was an emotion or a thought that you've carried with you for so, so long. Sometimes these are things we've had our entire lives or like debilitating thoughts, like I'm not good enough, I don't deserve love, whatever it might be. Um, through just bringing that to light and realizing that that's bullshit, <laughs> you can, in a short amount of time, totally reframe that story. And I find that's that's one of the huge powers of, Um, accessing support and I encourage people to do that earlier rather than later I mean it takes a certain openness to do so and a curiosity Mm. and a bravery Mm. Um, but isn't it great to be doing that work now like I'm I'm in my 30s I'm so glad that I'm doing this work now and not in 20 or 30 years or never yeah god forbid (laughs) I'm so I went to the Gabor Mate I will send you the link him yeah please and Kyle sees I watched a video of Kyle sees and he was exactly talking about that too to to not want to get rid of the fear but to feel it and and see Mm -hmm. okay the fear is here it's okay and Mm. and then to see and usually things start to change from Mm -hmm. there but yeah, at the Gabor Mate conference a, a couple of weeks ago in Basel, I was so grateful, you know, to have all this knowledge because 
I ha I had back pain also for 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 a few years until recently, and and I was so grateful that I knew all these techniques, and I think mm. it helped me a lot because now I'm, I feel good again. But some people go through surgery, you know, or or have this disease or that disease, and yeah, I feel like it's huge knowledge that needs to be shared to, to, mm. to look at your emotions, to express them or to feel them, Yeah, to do that kind of work. It's mm. gold. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Thank you for sharing. Now there was something else about entrepreneurship. So either with your clients or with yourself, how do you, know when you start to become an entrepreneur how do you know which way to go or or <laughs> how do you know i don't know <laughs> how do you know or now you're saying you said it changes all the time or it it evolves right the mm -hmm. what you do in your business how you position yourself so how do you follow that change or that thread taking you somewhere how, how do you do this how do you feel it I love how you were like smiling at me while you were asking that question because I'm like oh I, I hope you know that answer because I don't know <laughs> I love it no I don't know either that's why I asked yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think let's say up front I don't know yeah but I'm here for it. I'm here to learn and I'm here to be curious and yeah. to learn to listen to my gut and my heart and my values and, and listen to the nudges when they show up because the nudges yeah. are there for a reason. Yeah. Your nudges can be, you call it your intuition, your gut. Um, I really believe entrepreneurship or starting a business um, or a passion project, whatever it is, is an extension of yourself. It's a journey of self-actualization. So you are going to learn and evolve and de-evolve. And, you know, you are going to learn. Cry a lot. Cry. You're going to have, you're going to have such, it's a, it's a, it's a life experience. And it's yeah. also, I think it's a lifestyle that we prescribe to, um, I think a lot of people go into entrepreneurship with different intentions and that's good. That's fine. Um, but sooner or later, you're going to realize that this is very much about you and your journey and doing your own work and uncovering your own uh, strengths and weaknesses just as much as it is um, positioning yourself in the market or finding your unique value proposition, um, working on your business model um, sales, you, the way you show up and your mindset and your values is going gonna, is gonna to pervade all of that. Um, and that's why I work in the space that I work in because a lot of people um, maybe realize only when it becomes really difficult that uh, your mindset is maybe 80% of what will make you successful and 20% to strategy and actually doing the work. Um, and with that, I think we need to say this with a lot of humor, right? I don't know the answers either, but I feel like the more that you learn 
about yourself and learn to trust yourself and um, you're worse believe in yourself yes believe in your worth believe in that you have something to offer to this world even if it's just to help one person who are you not to do that yeah you have just as much right as anyone else else on instagram or anywhere else in this world to show up and share your value um gosh i could say a lot about this but i really feel like it comes back to be curious you know about yourself, about other people, what they're needing, what they're wanting. Is there a way that you can give them that? Um, and also permission to change and evolve. Um, just like we kind of talked about before, I feel like I'm evolving a little bit and my coaching services right now will probably not be the same in two years. And, and allowing okay that. Yeah, allowing that, I feel, um, is a big thing because, well, I'm, probably change a little bit too often what I do and how I do it and hmm. but but in the meantime why stuck to stick to something that that doesn't resonate anymore hmm. this yeah if, if I could say just one more thing to that um working with intention I find is really helpful setting an intention for a certain amount of time be that for your day your week your month I have a, a monthly board <clears throat> where I write down things I'm looking forward to things coming up but I also write down my confetti moments what I'm celebrating um, and then at the end of the month I'll kind of reflect on it and so having moments of reflection of checking in uh, and also checking in like is this the work that I'm wanting to do? Mm. Is this bringing me joy? Is it also working on a financial level? Yeah. Um, I find really important. So, and when we are entrepreneurs, we're often very busy in the doing. Yeah. So if there are any ways that you can build in check-ins with yourself, like putting the pulse, checking the pulse of your business, checking the pulse of you, um, I find really helpful. And this is something that I encourage teams to do as well, to have regular check-ins with each other. Um, because that's one of the first things that get forgotten when things are really busy. And if you think about it, it's just like basic hygiene, right? You brush your teeth two, three times a day. Why not, you know, check, check how things are going in your business every month or every quarter? Like that's where structures and processes come in, I suppose, that can be supportive. Yeah. And thank you. And how do you, I like the confetti moment. <laughs> and how do you feel then what did did you call your intuition nudges yeah so I think intuition nudges um and just trusting myself is kind of what I come back to life's little nudges or like little twinkles <laughs> kind of just like make your eyes light up and yeah 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 you know you have butterflies in your tummy Or maybe you have a sinking feeling in your stomach because you'd be like, oh, this is not the right decision for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you still make it. And, you, and then a month later, you're like, oh, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had to learn about that as well. Um, and we haven't really spoken about that today, but understanding when your intuition is speaking and when your ego is speaking is really helpful. Um, How do your you ego, yeah. Yeah, your yeah. ego is like easily flattered by like a shiny new opportunity or, or a promotion or an experience. 
um, but it might not be might not be the right fit for you maybe your intuition is trying to tell you that but your ego is like this is great <laughs> um, and so I've had to learn I've learned a lot about my own ego in the past two years as well being an entrepreneur I think um, it, it definitely comes up um, yeah for sure I, I don't that's my experience I don't know how you see it yeah, I always say working for yourself is working on yourself. You have to mm -hmm. work on yourself if you want to be self-employed. Mm -hmm. So I've had, <laughs> I feel like since, you know, I before when I was working here and there and traveling and doing life like that and and all of a sudden I started to teach yoga and became self-employed and it was so hard <laughs> it was so difficult at the beginning and I didn't know inner work and yeah I was doing yoga and I was open for things but didn't really do the the childhood stuff and mm. it's really the back pain actually that brought me to dig deeper because then you cannot distract yourself anymore you know and then you you really need a solution a, a deeper solution because if you go to the osteopath and whatever other therapists a few times and it doesn't help you're like okay whatever i'll i'll do whatever <laughs> yeah so definitely digging doing the the inner work if you want to become an entrepreneur i feel like it's gonna make your life a little bit easier mm. and yeah then... i, I <laughs> there will still be challenges in, but maybe the way that you you deal with them and bounce yeah. back yeah. is different yeah and and potentially more enjoyable because you can laugh about it yeah um don't take yourself so seriously exactly that's what I shared on the, the last podcast I did that I haven't released yet. It, it's, it feels less like a fight now, you know, mm. before it felt really like a fight, like I have to do it, you know, but now it's like, yeah, let's see. And if it doesn't work or if it takes 10 years to work or mm. whatever, I, I don't care. Mm. <laughs> I care, but I don't. My ego cares a lot, you know. But <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's actually um, just one thing that I also reflected on before coming on this call with you was, um, and I wrote down the words surrendering and trusting. Um, so that feels very aligned with me now as well. Like I think for a while I was playing the short term game, like in the next six months I want to be here, in the next year, in the next two years, and I'm like. Dude, let's open that up and be like, <laughs> we're going to be here, hopefully, touch wood, for a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. here for the long game. I'm yeah. here to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, chill out and mm. surrender some of the things that are filling your brain right now. Like yeah. you don't have to control everything. You don't have to know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's something I've definitely been feeling is more and more true in the last six months after, you know, moving back from New Zealand to here bringing the business with me um, with a huge desire for things to work out, right? And um, to rebuild the business in, a, in an authentic way, I've had to surrender a lot because there's a lot of uncertainty there. Mm. Um, but I'm the more I do that, 
the more opportunities come to me. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm in that phase of that surrendering and I'm, I'm really enjoying it, I must say. And, and again, just focusing on the long game. Like we're here yeah. for a long time yeah. and if everything goes right, um, let's enjoy this ride that we're on. And the same as in entrepreneurship as in, as, as in life, uh, it maybe just gives a little perspective to the hustle. I definitely don't want to be in the hustle culture. Yeah, but I think coming from New Zealand, you neither, right? <laughs> I think people are pretty chill. Yeah, no? I think that's something that we're like almost culturally blessed with is we're pretty, we're pretty chill, down to earth. There's that classic she'll be right mate kind of mentality, which can be wonderful. It can also be problematic. Um, uh, I'll go there another time maybe. But uh, yeah, no, that's how people perceive me. I think as a Kiwi before they've even met me, they're like, oh, she's going to be super chill. Um, and I do consider myself a relaxed and calm person. And um, so I think I'm holding the flag, the Kiwi flag there quite strongly. <laughs> But uh, no, it is true. Like we were back in New Zealand for two years and it just felt so goddamn easy. You know, everything just felt very easy. And there's a, there's a beautiful thing in that. But I don't know, there's something about me that loves a challenge. <laughs> mm. and so, um, so here we are, we're back in Switzerland and, and <laughs> I have lots of challenges, but yeah. it, it, it keeps me growing and it keeps yeah. me stretching and I wouldn't have it any, any other way yeah. at this point. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you very much. Hmm. I feel that it's pretty round. Hmm. Where can we find you? You can find me after you've maybe listened to this podcast. Um, you can find me at Bravely Coaching um, on Instagram if you're there, Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn. My name is Ella Stadler-Stewart. And... Um, I have a website, www.bravelycoaching.ch. Uh, and uh, I hope to see you. If I don't see you in the online world, I might see you in the, in the physical one if you're in Switzerland or nearby. Yeah. So well, you are mostly in Luzern, but you travel sometimes throughout Yeah, I'm, I'm in Zurich quite often. Mm -hmm. um, I travel for work sometimes to Bern, so... Yeah. I'm around, but I, yeah. I do love my home office in Lausanne, where yeah. I'm currently sitting. Yeah. <laughs> At the lake, where it's beautiful. Yeah, very close to the lake. Thank you, Ella. Thank you Thank so Thank you much. so much for having me. It was a really, a really colourful, beautiful tapestry of a conversation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>